Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. I am Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming blog. I don't know why I say proprietor, but I've said it every other time, so I'm just going to say it now. Consistency is nice, and it makes you sound makes you sound sexier and distinguished, so, you know, that's yes. always a pet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I would call the second of our interview series, quote-unquote. We have a special guest today who has already butted in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a harbinger of things to come. He is the developer of a Christian role-playing game. And he is also involved in a media company called No Room, correct? Yes. Yes. I don't know what exactly you do. <laughs> <laughs> but his name, Justin Fox. Welcome to the program. It's, it's all wrong to be on the beat here, so I actually do mean that. I'm not trying to be nice. I actually do genuinely mean that it's kind of... Oh amazing that uh that you know anyone anywhere wants to interview me about the game so and plus you have one of my favorite blogs like ever oh, really Thank you. I, I i really do mean that like i love your i love your blog i haven't been there in a while but i know that's not really showing a whole lot of love but <laughs> <laughs> like when i'm there i'm just kind of like ooh, Candyland, Candyland, Candyland. it's all kinds of just good content and good stuff here that makes you think yeah so. we're, we're almost at 365 days worth of posts so mm, we're gonna mm. get there yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Since this is an interview, I guess I have to ask you questions. Yes. It's okay. pronounced questions down here in Kentucky. Questions? Questions. You got to put an aura. Aura. Not an R, but an aura. Aura. Question. Questions? Questions. Yes. Okay. I don't think you're ever going to get me to do that right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. So, Justin Fox, who are you? I am my um, husband. And I am a gamer okay. who wants to become a Christian gamer. So I'm starting out with this series that I'm making first of Christian games that, uh, Lord willing, won't be we'll, – we'll be polite and say lower mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're probably referring to the Wisdom Tree games. Yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of them, they're in that vein. It reminds me of a – group of people who really aren't gamers but want to reach the youth and they mean doing well but you know it's like you're not a gamer and you can tell you know it's kind of like uh christian rappers who yeah are not you know reformed in terms of you know they, they were rappers to begin with and then jesus came into their life and now they're rapping about jesus versus you know some some guy who's never rapped a day in his life wants to reach the kids and it just <laughs> sounds awful you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's that kind of yeah, so I'm a gamer. I've always been a gamer. I've developed the game before for non-commercial use just because it was fun, and I'm wanting to um, bridge that gap into making a, a Christian RPG that's for gamers by a gamer. Okay, so give us some gaming street cred. <laughs> Let, let's see. Uh, okay, so what are your favorite games? In no particular order. That's, that's, do you mean like type in terms of genre or just specific titles? Just specific titles that perhaps influenced your your game. Oh, okay. There was one for the TurboGrafx-16, aka the PC Engine in Japan, huh. called Eastbook One and Two. I specifically am referring to that version because there's like seriously like maybe twenty or thirty different versions of that game. One just got released uh, on Steam. Right, right, exactly. So there's a huge, huge amount of of a uh, Ports from the original, which was on the what was that on PC first would be my guess. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like an early, early PC game. Yeah. Um, 
Falcom was a PC developer, as far as right, I know. right, right, right. But that one specific because the music in it was like added so much more to the game. It just kind of blew my face off. Like I had never <laughs> experienced anything like that. I mean, the graphics were the greatest thing in the world, and the fact that you know you straight up ran into the enemy, and <laughs> that was your <laughs> attack. And I was kind of like. This would seem really, really silly if this music wasn't so epic. I still listen to that soundtrack to this very day. And I learned then that a lot of times presentation, just a little polishing and presentation, has a lot to do with adding to the experience. So that's one of my biggest things that I can remember in terms of something that's really, really influenced me. Yeah, so... Um, I've never played an East game, but I do own uh, Othan Felgana and Origins. I just haven't touched them yet. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm missing something now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, well, well. You can experience that on the Wii um, Wii channel if you have a Wii. Do you still have your Wii? Is that at a pawn shop or a GameStop somewhere? No, I have. <laughs> oh, excellent. They they have it on on the Virtual Console there, so you can play it there. Oh, all right. Well, yes, yes. And that and Lords of Thunder is another game that you know had amazing like music. A, a lot of times, music has really influenced me in a game. I don't know why. It just always has. Usually when I mention a game, I'm always like, but the music, dude, the music was incredible. It's like the game was awesome, but the music was incredible. <laughs> what is Lords of Thunder anyway? Lords of Thunder is a shooter. Yeah, instead of being like a, a like a uh, spaceship flying around, you're this guy flying around, and you can upgrade your armor, and it's just insane. And the whole thing is like classic 80s punk hairband metal. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm not like in a huge fan of that kind of metal, but it's kind of like... Just the way that they did it and just the way they presented it. And just, it's a really neat game because even when you get close to someone, you use your sword. So it's kind of like, you know, you switch up elements in terms of, you know, how you, your attack style. And just a lot of really innovative things that they do with the shooting in that game. Like different armor is, is, is different uh, kinds of um, weaponry. And you can upgrade that along, like, almost like in Life Force or other games and stuff like that, you know. And it's just, it's just a neat kind of different kind of shooter. So I'm guessing you were a big Turbo Graphics person, because uh, <laughs> I did not own one. I, I will sad to say. I have very, very, very fond memories of the Turbo Graphics 16, the Turbo CD. It was my first foray into CD gaming and some really original titles like Bonk's Adventure and Cosmic Fantasy 2. People haven't even heard of that before. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, we're getting real obscure here. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> no, it's fine, though. Uh, you have a different set of experiences than I do, so it's good to yeah, learn yeah. things. Yeah, but, R- but RPGs and fighting games have really been a, a big influence. I say fighting games because like that's where I had to learn how to play fighting games. My brother really loves Street Fighter 2. <laughs> And that's the earliest fight. Well, not, that's one of the earliest fights I can really remember, like really, really being into. Because my brother was like training me. It's the first good one, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything before that, we all kind of just step to the side and we say, "We're not going to hang out with those guys anymore." <laughs> right, right, right. Everyone's playing Pit Fighter before then. <laughs> <laughs> Pit Fighter. No, no, no. No. Buzz I and what was the other guy's name? I don't even know. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember either. But um, but Street Fighter Two is this holds a very special place in my heart. And my brother, my brother training me how to be, you know, this this vicious beast of a fighter, you know. <laughs> and he was good, good to the point where I mean, people would take turns try, trying to beat him with like Akuma in the Street Fighter Alpha series later on. You know, he, he was like the guy to beat. <laughs> and then and then he got older, and then I took over that mantle. So like, kind of to this day, I'm still like the guy to beat, but. 
the college kids now because she's fire four can beat me now. I'm just an old weathered man now. I'm just like, oh gosh, I'm just. <laughs> I am bad at Street Fighter 4 also, so Yeah. I try. I try. Yeah, yeah. Steep learning curve, but I love fire. I love Virtual Fighter and just the ones that require a whole lot of skill. I don't like the button mashy ones too much because I don't like the idea of like Zach, like if you're if you play Street Fighter 4 like once in your life and you beat me even though I've been playing for like ten years, literally, that will perturb me. Oh okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, really? <laughs> wow, we should play sometime. We should. See, see who is the best. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out. We will. Anyway, so, other than, let's say, Turbo Graphics, I'm sure that you, you're into Final Fantasy in some respect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's another big influence on, on me, definitely. I remember 4, aka 2, in American Eagle. Well, the, the concept of it, uh, you understand, a lot of my gaming history is devoted to my brother because my brother was and is to this very day a bigger nerd than I ever will be <laughs> or am or was. So he would bring home this stuff, you know, and I was like, what's this? And I'm just, just didn't watch and be like, wow, this is amazing. And I couldn't play it because I'm like five or six at the time, you know, when Final Fantasy first came out. And I was like, this is really different. Then Final Fantasy four came out and I got to actually play that because I didn't know what in the world I was doing the first one. And I was like, this is really, really cool. There's all this neat story to it and everything. And I wanted to play it. And then Final Fantasy VI slash 3 came out and just changed my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Revelation. Yeah, because I I didn't think that games could go that far. Like, it was just something so different than anything I was used to playing. I mean, even for me, uh, like, at, at, even though I was amazed at it graphically and everything, it still started out slow. But by the time it was over with, I was kind of like, this, I played... I, I experienced something right there. I, I done went to the promised land on that. And, <laughs> so um, what's so striking about Final Fantasy 6 slash 3, depending on where you're from? The soundtrack, once again, it's the sound with me. The soundtrack was so just revolutionary. It just added so much more to it. Gameplay, just in terms of the little ATB meter, you know, at the time, uh, battle system. I thought yeah. that was more dynamic and gave me a sense of urgency behind every attack i was doing the huge amount of items you can collect the secret boss the secret sub bosses the esper system they had to where you know you, you had to get all the espers and equipment with all the characters so you can get all the spells and everything you know yeah. and just kind of grind into oblivion but i love absolutely love grinding just so i can be more powerful uh, <laughs> oh you're a grinder i see yeah i, I love grinding um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those sad souls you actually like grinding i know right i don't <laughs> but, mind it if the grinding is fun right right i think right. there's a big difference wanna, yeah i mean you, you do want a sense of reward for your hard work and i i like being more powerful than my enemies it's my insecurity kicking in <laughs> so sue me <laughs> Yeah, Final Fantasy six, and then the then the graphics is just kind of like you had never even seen anything like that. You didn't think a Super Nintendo could even do that. No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean that was I mean that was light years behind you know whatever else was even you know out at that time. Where you just took Amano's artwork and just stuck it in the game, you know. <laughs> it was getting pretty close anyway. Yeah, yeah, it really was. That, I mean, it was it was off-putting to me because I want to anime, and Amato wasn't anime, so I went to my subscreen, and I was like, why well, everyone looks all weird? I don't want some anime and <laughs> characters to look at, uh, but that didn't happen. So I, I, now I appreciate it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So any other influences that are brought to bear on your game specifically? There are elements of something recent that came out. I remember you told you had a, a gripe with this one. It was No More Heroes 2. Oh, yeah. 
No More Heroes. <laughs> I don't know what people like about No More Heroes. For me, I, I I obviously wish that you know they could tone down on all the absurd amounts of cussing and all that type of stuff. You know, I, yeah. it, it, it works. It works so much better just as a solid game. You know, this is kind of fun. You know, running there fight a really cool boss and then run back out, you know, and so then charge I, up your lightsaber with a somewhat suggestive hand motion. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, now I thought we were all adults here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you can, he can make the same game, but with more depth and more even charm, if you wanted to, you know, and add something that was really kind of deep and, and interesting without all the wiener jokes and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just like, why, <laughs> why are you doing this? But, that's a whole other podcast, probably. But yeah, this the this the structure of that. That it was kind of Mega Man like. I like the fact that huh. you can go into one area and fight and go and, and go through that that stage, you know, and then get to the boss because the boss is where you take everything from that stage and then you implement that within the boss. Okay. So I really like that. That's why I really don't the dungeons is that the dungeons are pretty short, but they teach you a whole a lot within that short span. And it's the boss fight. It's why I really want you to kind of look at it and be like, wow, that was really neat. Oh, did I even mention the name of the game yet? No. <laughs> I don't think I have. Okay, let's get there. <laughs> uh, uh, the game's name is, you say it because I don't want to mispronounce. Uh, release. Okay. And it's spelled? R-E-E-L-I-S-E. So it's Re and then her name, Re- Elise. Who is the main character? Yes, Elise. Okay. So what is Re-Elise about? It's about a very disgruntled, <laughs> well, a traumatized young lady who has been human trafficked for seven years of her life and is now on a mission of justice with three other characters to essentially rule the world. So what happened to her never happens to anyone else anymore, ever again. Ah, okay. So... What exactly happened to her, and can you reveal it, or is it spoilers? <laughs> uh, it's not spoilers. Well, it was a little bit of spoilers, but basically, well, not really. But basically, she is she gets involved in her father's mistake. Basically, that's probably the best way to put it. She gets involved in her father's mistake, and basically, she has to pay for it. She is very bitter and very, very angry, and it would kind of be equating her to the Punisher on steroids. Huh. <laughs> Yeah. With yeah, superpowers instead of just guns. Yeah, exactly. And the superpowers are more geared towards the Japanese or Chinese uh, notion of ki and spiritual energy. But it's called glory. People have, That's why, you know, if you look, they look at the demo, they have instead of uh, like level one, you have glory level one, two. And it's kind of uh, has a numerical system like that. Why are you making this game might be the bigger question. <laughs> well, it's actually as an act of worship because... Everything that I want to do is for Christ, and that's where my interest lies, because that's where all the eternal stuff is. I believe in eternal things, and I believe in helping people to become sober to experience the eternal things. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't really want to do anything if it's not for Christ. So I like to make games and everything, you know, but I would like to make it for Christ. But at the same time, it's like, does he need my game? The answer is no, doesn't need my game. Uh, in order to do his work, so it's an act of worship for me to do it, and I want to, and the and the point of it is, is to reveal a clearer picture of who God actually is, because there's so many misrepresentations theologically and even in the pulpits now of who God is. You know, it's like 
video to one extreme where he's complete and total wrath all the time, 24-7, or that he's completely love and a pushover. You can do whatever you want to with him, and you're still, he just loves you to death. And, you know, no, no, matter, no matter what. I'm like, that one is much more popular now. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And um, so I'm trying to just, you know, bring in what the text says about him, you know, and study and bring the, the study of the attributes of God and represent that in the game itself, you know, through the story. Okay, so you're not going to be dropping scripture bombs on me the whole time, right? <laughs> no, no. My uh, my tagline is that I want a sermon to be a sermon and a game to be a game. So you want to keep the essential elements of games, but it's revolving around Christian themes. Is that right? Yeah. I don't want to say that, you know, it's just like the, the I don't want to give the impression that it's just the themes or like I consider it to be the folklore of Christianity. Because, you know, El Shaddai did that to where they took the probably what they would be considered to be folklore of the gospel or, or, or just Christianity. And yeah. Kind of and Japanese game. games do that a lot. They just take right. the surface elements and they just spread them around. Right, right, right. I want to present it in that way. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, this is a specifically a Christian game you know this has that depth to it but basically it's things influence you a lot this is the thing that influences me a lot this is what's on my mind this is where my inspiration comes from it comes from god and his word okay and i'm just making a game that has inspiration within it no no different than any other artist so if an artist is influenced by a particular kind of experience or whatever you know they yeah. usually represent that through their art so christ is the same thing with me is that i experienced christ and I represent that through my art. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But why does the game have a mythology, so to speak, that is not necessarily corresponding to reality? Um, what, is, what is the purpose of having L as the creator god and that sort of thing? I find that I'm not able to do as much creatively as I want to do with the, with the um, literal interpretation. And I don't, and I haven't explored fully whether or not that would be an interesting game to play i think that it's more compelling as a game that there may be certain things i can do in terms of revealing what god is like within the confines of maybe a particular chapter or, or book of the bible but i can't spread out as much as i would like to the gospel of jesus christ and then put that into like a game that actually is going to be really interesting and really kind of compelling and I, i'm basically approaching it like a um c.s lewis did yeah I'm putting, the allegories, I'm putting the metaphors and allegories into it so that someone can pick it up and and, and read it and they want to go further into it understand what it is about you know so yeah. i'm kind of going from in, in that direction so I don't want to say that, you know, there could never be a compelling Bible game, but I just haven't seen one to where I'm convinced that it can be done in a way that is not going to be too narrow for other people to get into. Does that make sense? Yeah, because sometimes you can instantly turn off your audience just by the words you're speaking or the aesthetics or something like that, right? Right, like right. Like Noah's Ark 3D. I mean, you've got a pretty yeah. clear sense of what you're playing <laughs> Right, right, right. And, you know, there's things you can do with that in terms of gameplay and everything, you know, but I think it'd be a lot cooler to to get out what God is putting in, in me creatively and get that out and, and present that as an act of worship rather than, you know, just give the literal bi biblical interpretation of everything. You are making this game rather violent and also has language in it. <laughs> and these are not usually things that people uh, corroborate with a Christian game, so to speak. Right. So why are those things in there? 
Well, if people will read the Bible, it's not a very rated G book or even PG book. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> it is a. Um, Let's air like, out the dirty laundry here. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, right. <laughs> but it's a, it's a rather. Um, can be rather dark and violent and almost rated NC-17 of that X kind of book, you know, because, I mean, you have some some crazy stuff. But the point of it is, is that it's to show man's depravity. You know, I don't, I don't want to sound like too much of a Calvinist here, you know, but <laughs> um, but um, oh, what denomination are you anyway? I'm Methodist. So I guess I guess the uh, archetype of that is what I'm an Arminianist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a, okay. I'm a Wesleyan Methodist, but. You're an um, Arminian. I, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I, I think I think I would just. I, I'm not even going to subscribe to that. I'm just going to say I find balance in between the two of them, and I don't know why people don't reconcile the two of them. Because I think if you just read the Bible, both of those are expressed, but just not in that doctrine in a totalitarianistic kind of sense. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like see the one or the other. Like no, if you look and read this stuff, they complement each other in a very beautiful way. If you look at it. You know, and just read it. That's, that's my denomination. Well, now we are getting off track, but uh, <laughs> back, <laughs> back to the violence and language and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's to show man's depravity is what it is because you can't appreciate God's sacrifice and what it really means if you don't show how far lost that we really are. Yeah, that's what the entirety of the Bible, a lot of it's so doggone long. It's because, you know, look at this promise-keeping God that he does these things for his namesake, you know, and how... That even as vile as we can be, you know, and as disobedient as we are and all these things, you know, he still is not going to go back on his word. And let's just worship him, you know, for allowing us the privilege of even knowing who he is. I mean, that's just such a mind-blowing thing, you know, when you just think about the, the goodness of that and the graciousness of that. I'd equate it to, like, back in the 30s when Superman was stopping, like, bank robbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, do, do you really need Superman to stop bank robbers? Like, like. No, he, that's total overkill. So if you don't show the more powerful forces that go against Superman, then you don't appreciate Superman for, for what he is. You know, it's kind of like, no, I need Superman to beat Darkseid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really, really need you to do that because no no army in the world is going to stand a chance. So, or, or I need everybody to beat Galactus right about now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just, you know, we need to air out our dirty laundry. You know, the Bible is not incorrect in presenting the gospel in the way that it's done. It's it shows our foulness. It shows how you know that we're pretty messed up. I mean, I can remember reading through Kings. <laughs> yeah. And Kings and Second Kings, and I'm just kind of like. And then they sinned. They did evil against the Lord their God and did not take down the high places. And I hear this like 37 times. It's kind of like, God, why don't you just kill them all? And it's like, wait a minute. That would be me also. So <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you know, I think, I, think I want to hold back on that judgment a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I will relent. <laughs> so. So, but that, that's that's kind of thing. It's like the Bible a lot of times is, is presented as this like almost this self-help book and – we're missing the point that it's totally his, it's totally God's story, and that He's the good guy, and that we're the bad guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except that the the good guy actually saves the bad guys and turns them into good guys. Right, which is crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it should work. 
yeah, it shouldn't work that way at all. But that's 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 the grace of the of the, of the gospel. And if I don't put that in the game, then you know, how's it going to give God His glory? How's it going to how's someone going to get that? You know, that and how's someone going to really get to the other side of who God really is? So I don't show all of His character through this interaction He has with these fallen, broken people. Uh, okay, I get I get it now. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> all right. Why are you calling it a Christian game specifically when you could? Perhaps hoodwink your audience into playing it without knowing it's a Christian game. <laughs> I think that there is a large group of people our age. I have experienced this where Christ seems to be doing this like quiet, almost revival. People our age in the mid 20 to 40 age range is like he's making all these creative outlets now. And a lot of people that have grown up with, you know, with games and things like that, you know, they, they want to experience Christian gaming. And there isn't anything. <laughs> yeah, there isn't anything. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, as much as I love your blog, uh, I love your blog and everything, I think that deep down in your heart, you would want to be making critiques and, and these um, theological discussions on actual Christian content, you know, as well. Yeah, because when I play games that are from our culture, what they reflect is the values of our culture and not necessarily mine. So when I go in to analyze a game, for example, doesn't matter what it is, I yeah. see the things that I don't agree with more than I see the things that I do agree with. Right, exactly. So I'm like, well, let's make some content, you know, to get rid of this kind of, you know, er earlier fundamentalist thing where you have to separate yourself completely from the world, you know, music is bad, art is bad, everything's bad, you know, from the, <laughs> from, from the forward, which is still here for some reason, you know, and let's get back into creating things and worshiping God with the, with the creations. Let's start, let's start doing that. Let's start actually having, I don't want to say fun, but maybe I should say fun, <laughs> but having some joy, you know what I'm saying? And sharing these creative outlets that we have together, you know, because God makes them, you know, it's not like when God was saying, you know, make the temple that he got some people that didn't know what they were doing, weren't passionate about what they're doing. He got skilled craftsmen. He got artists to do to make those things to, to fill the temple. So I'm just like, well, what's the problem, guys? Yeah. And you got like 2000 years of Christian art to go back to. And it's like, where did it all go suddenly? Yeah. 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 It was terribly inaccurate. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, giant cathedrals and whatnot. Right. Stained yeah, glass yeah. windows. Where did yeah, those I all go? How much of an act of worship, you know, even if it was, you know, on a historical basis, you know, just poppycock. But, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like how how much how beautiful and how much of an act of worship was, you know, the Sistine Chapel. It's like, are you going to tell me that that was the worst thing ever? Or are you going to tell me that, that was of, of, of Satan and everything? You or know, it I was mean, just a commissioned work and Michelangelo yeah. did it just for money? Yeah. I mean, that thing is insane. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh you yeah. know and then they covered all the private parts somehow yeah <laughs> and then they tried to take it off and it didn't work oh did they yeah <laughs> wow. oh yeah that's right they did didn't they <laughs> i think I correct us if we're wrong <laughs> no 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 i think they blew i think they're trying to blow it up in the war maybe i don't know i'm lost i'm gonna quit talking now <laughs> okay let's get off this <laughs> before we reveal our ignorance <laughs> yeah, i know right <laughs> Okay, so what exactly is this being made on? I mean, are you programming it yourself with some kind of programming language, or are you using a program? Or I'm not smart like that, so I'm making this on RPG Maker. <laughs> a lot of programs are probably scoffing at me right now. It's like, RPG Maker? You should make your own engine yourself. You're not a real engineer. Yes, I know that. I'm not a real engineer. Thank you very much. But I can't make stuff. <laughs> 
the reason why I chose RPG Maker specifically is because, but is because it's engine that I made my first game with. It was a game called Melee, oh. and and this was on RPG Maker One for the PlayStation One. So this thing was like seven memory cards long. Remember, it was one that I I submitted Jeez. to you that one day. We couldn't get it to work. Remember no, that? we could not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. It was that monstrosity, and it only it like, works on a console because yeah. emulators don't let you use multiple memory cards. Right. Yeah, right, you can't right. swap them in. So exactly. So um, I may have to get that to you one day. Maybe fun to play. I don't know. But anyway, like I uh, play it. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I made this. I made that game on that engine, and you know, I was kind of like, well, I might as well stick to what I um what I know. <laughs> yeah, because I, I bought RPG Maker back in the day, and I could not figure out for the life of me how to get that thing to work. <laughs> yeah, it took me a month to get anything on the screen, like no joke, you know. <laughs> but I, 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 I had such interest in it, and I wanted to like make a game so bad, I'll make an RPG so bad, that I just suffered through it. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> but the suffering was worth it in the end. Maybe. Yeah, and it actually got and it actually got deleted one time. Like half the day, I got deleted at one time. <gasps> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, and I still went ahead and remade it <laughs> <laughs> from scratch. Yeah, it, it was like I was like maybe oh gosh, I'm maybe three hundred hours into it, and and, uh... it, and and like a chunk of it had gotten deleted, and I was just like oh my gosh, I took a day to recover from that, and then I went back and <laughs> it all over again. <laughs> oh man. Well, you had the big notebook, right? It says here you have a thirteen, a thirteen hundred and twenty-three page book. Yeah, I do. That's what it came from. I didn't know that you had that actually, you know, filed in your, <laughs> in your, in your notes there. I was like, yeah, there- it just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had nine hundred pages because I was about to write the second half of it. I was writing the second half of it then when I was making that game, so I added the, the extra four hundred pages onto it. Yeah, I had that to refer to, but the thing about it is that I wasn't able to like plug and chug that into it because the <laughs> graphics for that game were in in Odin time, and so it was a lot of forests, a lot of villages, you know, stuff like that. It wasn't anything modern. And my original graphic novel, I guess you can call it a graphic novel, the original graphic novel, it was all modern day. Huh. So I had to compensate for a lot of different things, you know, because like. I remember there's a sword wielding. She was part of like the original heroes of light. It's always called the heroes of light. I didn't know what I was doing back then. <laughs> but I made her for the game. But in the but in the graphic novel, she was I think a Gulf War vet. But I couldn't make Gulf War because I didn't have the graphics to do it, and I couldn't implement my own. So I was just like, well, I had to come up with. It. So the, so the game and the book are almost completely different. Can't <laughs> so, <laughs> you make your own tiles in RPG Maker? In the in the first one, you couldn't. I mean, you could put a tile of grass and like a path but <laughs> not like, a person what you can edit a person actually oh, some okay. of the graphics some of the graphics i never did change like i made a um my one of my main characters with a uh trench coat on and i just never did like switch it back to um something that was more appropriate for the time age i had put it into the game so i just these guys walk around with a trench coat and it's like well he stands out <laughs> so, <laughs> and i was insane because i i made like enemies from scratch like the bosses and everything, I made them from yeah. like I don't know if you ever did full round the anime maker on that thing. Like picture Microsoft Paint, but with a D pad. Oh my! <laughs> you are dedicated, sir. Oh my gosh, I was completely on my mind for that. <laughs> I did not have the patience when I was that young to to do it. Oh, Just, oh. 
I abandoned the project long ago. <laughs> Hence yeah. why I'm writing about games and you're making them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this art style. Obviously, you're an artist by trade, and you also are part of a company, right? What is it? No Room? Uh-huh. Right. Right. Okay. What is that exactly? Well, it, it's many things and nothing at the same time. <laughs> Basically, it's um, <laughs> in its truest form, it is a Christian gaming company is what it is. So when you hear the name No Room, I want people to start having that synonymous with good quality, fantastic, almost mainstream Christian gaming. That's what I want to end up happening in the future. But on the side, I do graphic work. So things like flyers and some websites and things like that, you know, just kind of put my creativity and my art into it and everything. Just things to kind of keep the lights on and things like that, you know, so. All right. The whole game is based around this concept of hip-hop art. Yeah, I like hip-hop a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hip-hop? When I first was introduced to hip-hop, you gotta understand, I was late to hip-hop. I was late because I was such a nerd and am such a nerd that I would record, I get high-def tape recorder and record soundtracks from the game from from my from my, favorite, my favorite game so wow. i had like castlevania 4 the boss rush background music where you're about to, before you fight dracula i had like that on tape and i was listening to every single day and i just love this listening to game music all day long you know i'm a little on my walkman uh, i'm sure <laughs> i'm getting old on my old walkman what <laughs> <laughs> i think i had one so yeah no yep, shame yep. no shame yeah, yeah. My, my can only go forward, though. You know, I had the one where, you know, the broke one where, you know, you had to take the, the tape out and then put it in backwards and then, you know, <laughs> hit the forward button and then, you know, take it back out and then put it in there and hope that you get to the right spot. Yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> so, but I got introduced to hip hop um, when I was in high school and I had this Cavalier and it had this amazing like sound system to it because it was a used car. And I just wanted something that would just like bump. And so I got, the first album that I ever got was, or that I personally ever bought, I had like Coolio's Dangerous Mind, Living in a Gangrene's Paradise. Anyway, but I had the big timers. It's this ignorant, this ghetto hip hop. And <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was grimy, you know, and I loved it though. I would just cruise up and down the road, just listen to that, you know. I would, I would actually go out into my car and just sit and run out the battery and just listen to, <laughs> to that album. I loved it so much. <laughs> And then I started to uh, kind of think more critically about the content that I was listening to. And I got into Tupac and I was kind of like, he kind of transitioned me into to ignorant hip hop. They call it conscious hip hop. And that's when I kind of got into more into Tupac and Nas and Tal like, underground. Talib Bukwili and Mustaf. Yes. yes, yes. Black guys Star. like that. Yeah, yeah. Guys like that. I, I really liked that a lot. I'm just in terms of the content. But I always wished in the back of my mind that it would bump like like the hood stuff you know what i'm saying yeah, but like, it doesn't it doesn't it, but it does it does not you know but i was satisfied with with just the thought process and the originality behind the lyrics i really fell in love with, with the lyrics you know more than huh. anything else so but that's that's a major influence and that's why i you know want to implement that into the game because just the culture around it the fashion around it the time pieces around it the history of it the fact that this started out with a guy named cool herc and he was just rolling up and down his street in his uh in his in his drop top with some home speakers that he had wired into his car bumping this it was just, it, what didn't he have the lyrics it was just it was just you know he took some records and mixed them and put some some um huh. really loud drums to it and just started blasting this thing in his, in his neighborhood just started, just started selling the um the tapes and things like that, you know, out of, out of a chunk of his car. 
And that's how it all started. You know, it's this huge culture, this dynasty that just started out from this, you know, guy named Cool Herc, you know, just selling this stuff. And it's just, <laughs> it, it, it gets deep. <laughs> <laughs> Does explain the tracksuit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your lead <laughs> protagonist is a, she has a tracksuit on. Uh, <laughs> a red, a red Adidas tracksuit on. <laughs> so is all the art done by you? Yes, so far. Well, my wife, I had to trick my wife into uh, making the, the, the monsters because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not just you making these things. It, yeah, it's mostly me. She doesn't really want to do it. And I can understand why, because she's, you know, she's trying to focus in on her content and everything, you know, because she's trying to kind of wrap that around her head and everything, you know. And I understand that, you know, when you have an idea and then you have to work on someone else's idea, it's, even if it is your husband, isn't this not the same energy level? You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, because she's an artist, too, and she's actually far better than I am. I wish she could do the art on all the, the entire game. I, I would love that, but I already know what's up. But, uh... <laughs> The way that I trick her is that... Are you sure you should be revealing this to us? <laughs> well, I mean, she knows. I think in the back of her head, she knows, you know, so... I mean, the way you know, that I trick people into doing things for me <laughs> is by Justin Fox. I mean, it's, it's, it's a loose trick, you know. She kind of knows, so... But <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm like, sweetie, you take too long to actually make your content. This is genuine. This is genuine. She adds so much detail to her artwork that it takes her forever to do anything. Ah. So, she burnt, she, so she burns herself out on like one piece of artwork for like the entire day. So I'm like, sweetheart, why not just take a lot of the detail that you're doing and remove that so you can start drawing with more passion and more rapidly so that, you know, start making, you know, some leeway in terms of your story. It's no different than like a little, like animation. They'll show us, like in, a, in an anime, for example, they'll show a really detailed, cover art for like a dvd series or something like that you know the the, the td with yeah. the cover art is, is, yeah it's beautiful it looks but, amazing yeah yeah exactly but like the actual animation itself is like far less detailed because you gotta animate all that stuff you know what i mean yeah so and plus you don't have to get you know like a full staff of people helping you out and coloring all that type of stuff you know so i'm like you know basically dumb it down some and the way that i get her to practice dumbing it down is by drawing my monsters, <laughs> you know, so that's the other half of it. That, and she inks the background, so. Oh, wow. Okay, so she is involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's involved. She's involved. Just, I had to do a whole bunch of the other things, like the cutscenes and the drawings and the animations and the, a lot of the other stuff that goes into it, too. So I got basically the bulk of the work, you know, and I've kind of getting some help with that, you know, but yeah. I have, I, I have so much art to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's part of the travails of being a uh, independent, right? Oh my gosh, I, I I wish I had gone into it with more than just myself. Because you know, most people go into an idea like this with a team. He's like, no, no, no. Or dude, another person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, we should totally do. Like, yeah, man, let's do it. You know, I didn't have that. I just kind of like, and I'm, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I have hundreds, if not thousands, of pieces of artwork to make. Yeah, I would love some help. <laughs> <laughs> okay call for help anybody yeah, wants it, help justin yeah yeah that would be fantastic I, I i genuinely do need other artists i really do you know i just need someone to be passionate about it and everything you know to to make this company you know happen but it will be done by myself but i would rather it not happen by myself <laughs> <laughs> how does the hip-hop affect the game itself i mean other than let's say from an aesthetic standpoint the main thing is the soundtrack and some of the gameplay elements I put into it. 
you, for example, can do a full hip hop rap battle. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think about that, by the way? It was pretty good. It's well written. I knew that calling out the mama. That was the one that was going to win me the battle. Right, right. So, um, for those who don't know, you actually can get experience points by participating in rap battles in, in villages. So, what you have to do is you have to be observant in terms of what this person is wearing, things like that, you know, and really read what they're saying. And then when they're done, you know, dissing you, you have to discern what is the best comeback and select that choice. And if you choose the poorest comeback, then, you know, you get the boot and you lose the battle. But if you win it, then you get experience points for winning the battle, making experience points and gold, you know, depending on if you choose like a moderately good line comeback line or you choose one that just just slays them like you probably you, know, you said you chose the mama one you know where you should live with your mom come on dude yeah you know it's like <laughs> you, yeah you chose that one which was you know the one that would forge you even more experience points you know so <laughs> it's kind of so, like la noir yeah 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 except yeah. So, except better <laughs> I, I i wouldn't say better but you can you can totally grind doing rap battles a little bit so I thought that'd be kind of fun. (laughs) That'd be interesting. There are any other features inspired by the hip hop theme? That's really one of the main ones. That and the soundtrack. I really like the soundtrack to be, you know, to add to the experience of the the game overall. And just some of the weapon choices too. Actually, not even but some of the weapon choices, you know, in terms of what the bad guys use. But for the most part, it's more aesthetic more than anything else. That may change in the future, but the main thing is the rap battles right now because that's fun. Okay, so let's get into the mechanics themselves. Okay. Explain. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I, oh. I forgot something. I forgot something. The, oh. the, you can read the tags on the, on the stages and actually get a history of what happened in, that, in the past. So huh. there's like little tag cues in there to where you, you, know, you can choose to read about the uh, level or the, or, the, or the dungeon that you're a part of. So... Yes, that does influence it also. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 that's cool. I like that kind of thing. More like it's uh, optional explanations of stuff that you don't necessarily forced into, that kind of thing. Right, right, exactly. So okay. I didn't want to force, you know, a bunch of heavy story onto the player, you know. It's like, you can choose to indulge in this if you want to, but the main story is the fact that you have the Punisher and you just understand that part of it. It's kind of like, like I said, Punisher on steroids or Batman on steroids, you know. <laughs> so you get why she's like that. You don't need to share and to understand more about it. You know, you you get it. That's what makes Batman so awesome. Is that fact that you get it, you understand exactly why he's out there doing that. So you get it. <laughs> okay, so the battle system. It seems very similar to, I would say, Final Fantasy X plus Earthbound plus Dragon Quest. But maybe <laughs> maybe that's a little too far ranging. So you should probably explain it. I wanted to be. Well, initially, it was it was active time battle originally, right? Right, but I was having so many technical difficulties, and because I'm not an engineer, I don't have anyone who knows RGSS2 Ruby scripting that uh-huh. <laughs> would be willing to dedicate you know a lot of the time and energy to doing this. And I didn't know I, I don't know how to do it. I needed more help to get it to work properly, and this wasn't. So I went to turn based, which was the default system pretty much, and I got more out of that uh, strategy and skill. And I think that helped it a lot in terms yeah. of balance. Because sometimes ATB can just be, uh, you know, scrolling through menus as quickly as possible. 
Right. And right. it's more of an executional error than it is like you thinking about the actual battle itself. Right. Exactly. So, and I mean, I had even warned it to be the active time, like, you know, like in Star Ocean when you're just kind of out there fighting, you know. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I was actually wanting it to be more like that, you know, but actually I like the turn based, you know, methodical because I don't know. Turn-based to me, a lot of times, felt really boring, but then I was kind of, well, how can I make it that boring? And I was kind of like, okay, I know what I can do. And that's where I get the trans- transformation stuff from, and also the different oh. attacks and stuff like that, you know, yeah. from. So, but You definitely up the damage from where it would normally be in a turn-based game. Yeah. Because I was playing Final Fantasy X, and even between turns, you would barely take any damage anyway. I mean, rarely if ever. But I feel no. like in release, somebody can actually die. <laughs> right i didn't want it to be an easy rpg i wanted it to be when you lo- when you lose or about to lose life i want you to feel as though number one you actually are in a dangerous situation and number two if you lose it's because you weren't paying attention so it's 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 totally your fault you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i would like it to be my fault and not just random chance because i didn't get cure four off fast enough right exactly so that's why um in terms of the style i wanted to be kind of like fan- fancy star games you know and just in terms of the perspective and everything you know i thought it'd be the easiest way to do it even though it's not easy because it's hand animated in the old way like i'd redraw and i draw then redraw every animation so i don't use flash for anything you know i'm not disney when it makes flash but you know i don't do it that way i, I like i like the disney style because it's cool but yeah, uh, i like that the characters come out and actually attack and you get to see this huge animation even when you're doing like normal attacks that's pretty cool yeah well, i'm glad you like that it and it makes uh, it feel more active than let's say like a little sword slash appearing on top of an enemy and then numbers yeah, pop up. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I went ahead and did that because I thought it'd be less, it'd be is more engaging that way. I, I felt, you know, so, and I added these transformations into the game to not make it so monotonous in terms of your attack because sometimes you know you're just kind of trying to plowing through in order to win. But I needed the player to actually pay attention because once they transform, then their attributes transform also. So what you thought might work may not work anymore. So that's why you have two different different kinds of attack. You have your regular attack, and then you have your force your force attack. So if uh, enemy has high defense, then or it spiritually has high spiritual defense, then you use your force attack in order to chop that down, and then you can hit them. But if you use a regular attack against you know an opponent that is more spiritually strong, then huh. it won't work. You know, just any attack will just fail. So you have to pay attention at all times. Yeah, because their stats do switch in the midst of battle. So right. So. I thought that'd be more engaging than just, you know, okay, I'm done with you people. So, <laughs> And you may not know this, but once you get to a certain level, then when you see an enemy, it's like an earthbound. Oh, you win automatically. You win automatically, right, right. Oh, so there's no uh, random battles? No, there's not going to be random battles because when I looked at the, at the structure of of Chrono Trigger. Well, I like seeing the enemy. I hate random encounters, honestly. And then I read an article on, on Game of Sutra about the structure of Chrono Trigger and that they, because you can see the enemies, you can pace the player perfectly however you want to do it and teach them however you want to do it because you can engage them in a battle and make sure that they learn okay. this specific skill set at this specific time so they can counter this enemy. It's like, this enemy does this, and this is how you stop this enemy. So you, let you encounter that right then and there, and then you can kind of pace them along with experience points so they don't have to unnecessarily grind. You can pace that along to where it can almost completely add up the engage in the battles. Yeah, because Chrono Trigger is really cool in that it forces you to fight battles, 
Uh, and mm-hmm. even though they don't they don't feel like random battles but i mean they are in some sense right but, yeah yeah but it's basically the developer saying you need to fight x number of battles to actually beat the boss it just right. doesn't it does takes out the guesswork right right exactly so that's why i wanted to implement that in there i mean yeah you can fight you know more or less or whatever you know but you may be disappointed when you hit the boss because i put him in there for a reason <laughs> so <laughs> so you're like i hate this game it's stupid like well <laughs> yeah, because the transform bosses hit really hard. They do, they do. I want, I wanted you to feel that sense of urgency, like holy crap, I gotta get take care of them now. Yeah, once okay. they start whipping out new abilities, it was, yeah, and one of them crashed the game, so that was fun. <laughs> he was so powerful that the game crashed. <laughs> That's the story, and we're going to be sticking to it, right? <laughs> yep, that is the story. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So other than that, how does equipment and that kind of thing work? Equipment works and that I like the prospect of getting equipment, having the excitement of finding equipment in treasure chests, having certain enemies drop them. Uh, sometimes if you get an enemy to transform, because sometimes they won't transform until they like me, like a certain percentage of HP. So they have like, you know, like some will transform pretty regularly, you know, they have like 50% HP, you know, they don't transform. So you pretty yeah. much will regularly see their transformation. But you get a guy that's like 10% HP and they transform to a, to a different monster and they're a lot tougher. Then they might drop some more, some more rare kind of things of like armor or accessories and things like that. Oh. So, so I wanted it to be always be a kind of a thing where you're always. It seems like it, you're giving us an incentive to fight harder battles. Right, 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 exactly. So I don't want you to feel as though I put all this effort in that got like, you know, you got herbs. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, what, what is that? So, so equipment's done that way to where you're in a lot, there'll be a lot of different equipment in dungeons. Personally, I hate going through these slow, dull, long, boring dungeons. I just, I don't like them. So I've done everything that I can do to, you know, make it more interesting, you know, in terms of, you know, saying that this is where this, you encounter this fight here that you need to get to progress through the game, but it won't be such a chore. It'd be something exciting to actually go into, you know, rather than just like, oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can you um, give us an example of a boring dungeon that sticks out in your mind? Just so we know um, for reference. All the dungeons in Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the first one? Um, I would say the first one, I'd say the second slash fourth one, I'd say this awful just reread is kind of, this is tedious. Really? This is this, yeah, yeah, and like I mean, there are games that I love, even to, even with the grinding, like the Star Ocean series. You know, I mean, like I love those Star Ocean games and everything. But dungeons to me were just kind of like, oh god, I had to go to another dungeon. Huh. Like sucks, you know. So I, I think I guess it's because of the save points. Maybe that's what it does. That the thing that I really think really did it for me is the fact that there was no kind of sense of urgency to go to the dungeon, and it was yeah. always about stuff that I didn't care about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't care. I don't care, not even in the slightest. I don't care. I don't care about you. I just met you, and I don't care. So, <laughs> so, so it's like it's, it's like putting me through a dungeon was well. I knew exactly what it was. It was padding out the game. Just never. I mean, the only cool dungeon I can remember was when you get the rat's tail in Final Fantasy One, huh. because you knew you were about to get something really, really cool that was going to like enhance the game itself. So I was kind of and and that's kind of what happens with in Zelda a lot of times is that you the game is enhanced and you actually look forward to going to a dungeon even the doggone water temple no maybe not the water temple but you know <laughs> you get you look forward to going to a dungeon because you're getting really cool power-ups you want to see what power-up you're about to get that's going to enhance the game and make it work better huh. okay I see yeah huh. so because I'm, has... I'm weird because I like dungeons <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill you, but I'll I'll give you my reasons. Sure. I I think dungeons are a indicator of either your experience level or your skill in either sense, right? Because it's a place that is dangerous or more dangerous than the overworld. And secondly, it's there to see how good you can manage your resources. So I think Dragon Quest is the best example of this because in Dragon Quest, right, you cannot save at all unless you're in a town. So every time you go out, right, you need all your stuff all set and in order. And so you need to go through the whole dungeon and do the whole thing. And then in usually in Dragon Quest dungeons, you have to go all the way out. Right. So it's about resource management, less about each individual combat situation. Yeah, yeah. From a developer standpoint and everything, you know, that's that's what should be happening. Absolutely. Because you're introducing what, what you should be at. You're introducing new concepts to the player. Yeah. You know, you're you're, you're doing those things. I guess, like, like I said, what gets me is just the fact that a lot of times when I go, I don't care. And the payoff is not big enough or good enough because sometimes the story may be just so lacking. This is kind of like, I don't even care to progress with this story. I'm just going to get through this crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can and, see that. I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's kind of why. Yeah, that's and kinda... a role-playing game is about the story, let's say, fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what, if you're a Western developer, you know, then it's about, like, choice more than anything else. Because that's why the old, like, wizardry games were, were based off of. You, get, you have eight billion choices. You can choose anything that you want. It's like, holy crap. Oh, my gosh. And then the Japanese were kind of like, oh, let's dumb that down a little bit so that we can actually have some fun. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's, let's introduce that to a, a lesser degree and make an RPG. And because the people who, who made Dragon Warrior 1 were people who played and loved wizardry. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to kind of, you know, marry the two together a little bit, you know, huh. in, in, in terms of that. Because um, I'm, I'm a person who grew up on Japanese role-playing games, no doubt about that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah, and me. I don't really like uh, Western RPGs all that much, and maybe that's just prejudice on my part, but I would like to see one, that uh, an RPG that kind of combines the good elements of both. Yeah, I think that would be interesting, and that's why I'm hopefully be able to pull off Lord Willing. Good grief! <laughs> I think you can. Um, I think you can. <laughs> I'm praying about it. There's equipment, also items. Some items can grant you um, magic stuff. So if you get like a scroll and you have a particular item, because all the items work like power ups now, so you might be able to like have a super dash, or you might be able to beat this boss with this particular item and things like that. You know. Huh. So once you get the uh, the seraphim of eye, I should say, uh, sight, then you can start reading these scrolls that you've been picking up you know, throughout the game. And kind of like, what do they do? When you use them, you can actually get magic spells through that way. So it's kind of like you know you have oh, magic okay. where you just equip it, or you just you know use it like, almost like you know like you would um, HP increase item things like that. You know, yeah, you would just yeah you would just use it, and then that that, that person can use that particular spell. And uh, the weapon system is the weapons are not found in chests by shops. The weapons are only upgradable through going to your subconscious and actually fighting your inner demon to unlock more of your potential. Huh. So your so your weapon will physically change. I don't know if you saw that in the demo or not. I get... don't think I did. Okay. Okay. But this sounds uh, like Disgaea item world. Yeah, it kind of is, but I didn't want it to be like a full, you know, randomly generated thing. I wanted it to be, you know, something that to where you can really grasp depth of the character. So I want that's sort of going to go into the subconscious of the weapon, uh-huh. but going to the subconscious of the character because you basically you get like an item to where your the metal you use for your for your uh, sword becomes alive, and then you also <laughs> have something that where it kind of goes to your there's this other item to where it goes into the subconscious of yourself. So when you combine those two things together. 
your weapon physically changes because you've unlocked a, a potential in your mind. So okay. that's the way it works. And it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty decent payoff, too. So you want to do that. <laughs> I like that system. That's Sweet. cool. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it more interesting than just going, oh, this weapon X is better than weapon Y when I go to the shop. And I sell yeah. the old one, I get the new one. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to get me so doggone convoluted because a lot of times, you know, when you can add this element to it and then you have like 13 different elements of sword to choose from you know, it's like it's give me the most powerful one <laughs> <laughs> yeah after a while it's just give me ragnarok or whatever or lumina i don't care yeah, yeah just, just just leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to be this complicated that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh, so do you have any other elements you would like to reveal to our audience or or I planned at least i I think for the most part that might be it. It's just that this is a pretty straightforward kind of game. It's, it has elements of even kind of some kind of platforming things, kind of add some depth to the actual dungeons themselves. Huh. So you might need to avoid certain things. If you hit this button, then this might happen. You know, stuff like that to where I wanted to be kind of clever in terms of the dungeon layout rather than just kind of, you know, I'm walking in a hall. <laughs> I'm walking in another hall. Now I'm walking down this path. Now let's surprise paths. people. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Be like, okay, I need to do this. Otherwise, I might lose 25 HP or whatever, you know. So, you know. Or if I fall in this trap, then this will happen. You know, stuff like that. It's making more interesting. You also have a system to where you have, there may be points in time where your character, one of your characters might be tired or something like that. There's, there's bonding things you can do in the game too. So, character might get more HP if you bond with them. So, let's say that, you know, one of your characters is kind of tired then that means you can also help them out by giving them an encouraging word, you know, or you just start to be like a prick, basically, and it's a, you know, man up, you know, and, and, and let's go. And But they might actually you know, become depressed because there's an emo engine, I call it an emo engine. There's an emo engine in the game where instead of status elements based on magic a lot of times, you actually, in battle, can become depressed or scared or whatever, you know. Yeah, how do you in- cure those? <laughs> <laughs> you, or do you not do that well certain ones are only like one turn and you really can't cure them because there'd be no point to cure them because they're only one turn so it's not oh, a big okay. deal but, cer- but certain ones where you know you have like depression and only lasts for like maybe like one turn but if you have like a deep depression and it's like sucking away your hp for like four turns then you can start gaining more abilities by some of these talking points that you have like you might gain the ability of cur- encouragement so you can say you know what might cure depression is encouragement you know or what oh. might yeah, or my, what my cure might be courage or something like that, you know. So you speak life to each other, you know, by canceling those emotions out. So you're actually kind of in, interacting in an emotional way, more in a more human way than just beams and light and things like that, you know. So That makes a lot more sense now. Because <laughs> I was like under the old paradigm. And I'm like, how do I cure this? How do I cure this? Nothing works. <laughs> so Thank uh, you for not explaining it to me until now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to leave you in the dark now. <laughs> All right. Well, Realize is a fascinating project. So are you going for a Kickstarter for this or are you um, just going to keep making it on your own? I would like there to be a Kickstarter, but I want to make sure that I'm doing as much as I possibly can and make as much of it as I possibly can before I start it because it would be more about refining it more than anything else. Oh, okay. Like, I would like to hire some professional artists to do some professional work and everything, you know. But, you know, hey, if anyone's listening, you don't want to... <laughs> 
hook a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hand know. some cash under the table. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, no, Aunt, actually, Aunt, the guy named Andy Smith, I love him. I shouldn't say I'm working on alone. I'm working on the artwork alone a lot of times. But as far as completely alone, there is a guy named Andy Smith, and he has been like a huge blessing to where he's doing the sound design for the gang. Simply because he wanted to, and he was kind of passionate about it and interested in it. I didn't have to convince him to do anything, you know. He was just passionate about it and wanted to do it. And that's really what I was kind of looking for, you know. I was kind of like, well, it's like, it's like Andy, but I, I'm broke. I, I, I quit my job to make this thing happen, and I can't monetize you anyway. He's like, dude, 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 don't, don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, you saint. It's wonderful, Andy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, people who... I want to bless people who kind of help build this company, you know, like the founding, like the founding people, you know, I want to be able to, and when it's, when it's really on, I want to be able to bless them in some kind of way, you know, that, you know, these are founding guys, you know, these are people that helped me, you know, make it to what it is now, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what that means, but. I definitely want something good for the people who actually help out with this. You know, you're helping now. I'll, I'm, I'm helping. Only... I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> I want stuff. I want stuff. <laughs> you get a Denny's coupon. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my grand slam. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fun. So. All right. So a projected release date. The release for release, haha, is <laughs> August 31st. I would love that to happen because that is my second birthday. That's when I received the Lord. So I think that'd be really, really cool if I could get it done then. Honestly, I don't even think it's that realistic to be able to get it done in that amount of time. But I'm completely out of my mind, so I might <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, you might hit that point of exhaustion, past tiredness, or you just have to get it done by a certain date. Right, 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 exactly. So that's Plus, what I'm thinking is going to yeah. happen. The best de- the best artists work on deadlines. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, so that would be ample motivation because I really want that to happen on that day. That'd be really, 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 really awesome. So, huh. okay. but but honestly, it'll be done when it's done because I cannot make a bad Christian game because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just I can't I can't do it, you know. So it'll be done when it's done. So it ha- it has to be good. It's no different than being a white rapper. After Vanilla Ice, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you can't be. You have to be really good, <laughs> otherwise, it's over. <laughs> it's over for you. It is over. You can't. You cannot be a bad white rapper after Vanilla Ice. You can't do it. You have to be awesome. You have to. Oh. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, well, if you want to support Justin Fox, uh, please visit his website at release.com. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are other ways you can get in contact with him through Facebook or – do you have a Twitter account, right? I do have a Twitter account. Uh, it is at noroomfox.com. No yeah. room is spelled like it's two different words, like N-O and, R- and room and fox, but put all those three different words to- together, and that's no room fox. Yeah, and No Room has its own website also, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So look for those two things. If you want to get in contact with him, I'm sure he would be ple- he would be pleased to meet you or talk to you. Absolutely, because it's 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 pretty lonely right now and it's kinda of one of the type of things where you feel like you're going to the void and that's why it's such a kind of a pleasure to, you know, talk to you about it and everything, you know. It just kinda of feels like you're actually making making some headway that's exciting so you know i'll try to get this to as many people as possible in this excelsior, excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> all right so my guest justin fox you've been a 
pleasure to have on the show. <laughs> Yay! And uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm Zachary Oliver. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more of it, please listen to our other podcasts because we have a lot of them. If you would be so kind, please leave a five star review. It really helps us out. Please comment, rate, subscribe. If you didn't like something, please figure out how to get in contact with me. You can leave a comment on the blog that will have this podcast on it, that sort of thing. So we will see you next time. Perhaps we'll have Justin on again too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that might that might be fun. Yeah, that might be very very fun. So I I had thought about it, but then I got ADD and wandered off and <laughs> started organizing. I need you guys to work. Oh my gosh, you know. So yeah, and then oh, we can do uh, some shilling for you. We could just do some yeah. shameless self promotion every time you come on. <laughs> I, I guess, but I need to be more social because I've turned into an introvert because of all the, all the stuff that I need to get done ah. in terms of just building a business by yourself and everything, you know. So it's kind of like I, I don't want to leave that the uh, my, my home because it's kind of like, or talk to anyone because it's kind of like, well, I need to do something, don't I? And it's always <laughs> in the back of my mind. It's like, wait a minute, you can relax, Justin. It's it's cool. You'll be just fine. So the Lord is kind of working me up with that. <laughs> and let, oh, and, and let's pray for the people at Boston because uh, um, of uh, the tragedy that happened there in terms of that race and everything so oh, yeah let's be praying for let's be praying for those for those families um for those who are listening and um not to put it in the same vein but also be praying for the project uh also um because the, the, that's my engine room that's you know that's that's going to be the only thing that gets it done you know and done to, to honor god you know so but let's definitely pray for the families in boston because uh, i know today that happened so yeah surely yeah. Well, that's your ending benediction from Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Zach signing out. <laughs> uh, have a good one.